it's Sophia Franklin. You are listening to Sophia with an F. Hey, and the F is for phenomenal. <laughs> this podcast is rated F. Would you say that you have more clientele wanting like a boob job or something with their ass? Whether it's I implants. Don't, I don't cater to the butt world. I almost never do a BBL. It's because the procedure's shit. You go online and you look up most deaths in plastic surgery and it's BBL everywhere. My mom almost died on the operating table getting a BBL. If you've been listening to me since day one, you know that I live in New York City. But what I do not talk about is in the past, I would honestly just take whatever I could get. First apartment uh, was a mattress on the floor. It was a studio apartment the size of my room and there were cockroaches everywhere. I mean, I would find an ad in the newspaper and I would just put in a deposit without ever seeing it. Sounds good to me. Now we've moved on up people. And when I was looking for the apartment that I live in now, I had some things that were absolutely non-negotiables. Like I need an in-unit washer and dryer to be able to do laundry. I need a doorman. Did I need heated bathroom floors? No, but it's nice to have. And after some searching, I found my perfect place. And now I want to help you find your perfect place in whatever corner of the world you are in. Apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools to help find a rental listing that checks all your specific unique boxes. And they make it so easy, especially if you're someone like me who doesn't want to leave my room unless I absolutely have to. Apartments.com offers 3D virtual tours for when you can't be there in person or when you simply just don't want to be. So instead of wasting entire days shuffling around a city trying to find a decent place, just grab a drink and search on apartments.com and utilize all of their tools. Visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sophia with an F. We are in the showroom. We are getting hyped up. I am so excited. Before I introduce my guest, I'm going to tell you to go ahead and subscribe because you should have already fucking done that because this face was not made for radio. This face is made to be seen, right? For sure, I Sub agree. Subscribe to the YouTube. This is a plastic surgeon agreeing, by the way. So that's professional way. opinion, by the way. Dr. Roddy Raban. Love it. How are you? Thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. I'm great. I'm cold. But anyways, nonetheless, I'm I excited mean, to be here though. Thank you so much. Thank you. Because I know it was, it's very hard for you to come here. It was. It's, it's freezing, but, but thank you. I'm so glad you made it. Some background. Dr. Raban is a top plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills. He has his own podcast, Plastic Surgery Uncensored. Love. I'm very uncensored myself. And you have a different type of approach when it comes to plastic surgery. I do. Plastic surgery sells itself. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's like a mink, a diamond, a Rolls Royce. It doesn't, it, it's selling itself. 
The problem we have with plastic surgery is that it's this incredible, amazing tool that's mm. being used incorrectly. So you take a kitchen knife, you can make some beautiful food, cut up some amazing vegetables, or you can stab someone, right? So the idea with plastic surgery is we've just gone way over the other side. We've tipped a scale. Hundreds of practitioners, random ass people are running in, doing these procedures. We got TikTok and IG and all this crap promoting it. And then you have this huge fallout. Yes, you have the people that are happy, and yes, they probably are still the majority, but you have a ton of unhappy people getting really bad outcomes, having horrible complications. Um. And so who's responsible? The person responsible is us. We're the doctors. I mean, at the end of the day, we're the people who are facilitating it. Right. So, you know, I've been in practice almost 20 years now, and I do so many revisions, and people come to me, and they're unhappy, and, and it bums me out. Wow. So I wanted to make sure that the practice is responsible. And so we have, we, we're not pro, we're not anti, we're just facts. Mm -hmm. My practice is about being facts. And that's why the podcast exists so that we can talk about, hey, you want to get breast dog? High five. Awesome. I'm not telling you to get it, not get it, but this is what you need to know so that when you get it, Mm. You're part of the happy people. Yes. Right? Yes. Right? And you can go and enjoy your life and it adds quality to your life. Right. But you talk about plastic surgery as a culture, right? It is. Like the cultural aspect of it. I think that's what makes it so different. So when you say you have a ton of clients that come in needing revisions, how many people are coming in to get something done for the first time? And how many are wanting something to be corrected or redone? Great. So when I started my practice, it was what we refer to primary, right? Primary is the first time. Hey, I want to get a breast dog. Hey, I want to get my nose done. Whatever. But because my practice has evolved and after 20 years of doing this, I have maybe a third of my practice. That just happens to be my practice because it's tailored that way. Because when you want to get your nose job the first time, Mm -hmm. hypothetically, you do some research, right? You go online, you go to Instagram, whatever method you use, which by the way, most of them are bullshit, but nonetheless, you use a method. Wait, what do you mean by that bullshit? Right, so like ask your friends. <laughs> yeah, you can't just. So ask your friends how many of them like want to get plastic surgery and the first place they went to was IG. Instagram, mm. what the f- who, what is Instagram? Who, yeah. Who's monitoring it? So I have a question. So if I have a blue check mark, does that make me an authority? No, it means that I have know someone that got me a blue check mark. Right. So if you give me a shout out regarding my nose job, does that mean that I'm an expert or does that mean that somehow I gave you a kickback? And so you so when someone tells you that their primary source of information is Instagram, right mm-hmm. there you have a problem. You can use Instagram for hotels. Yeah. Fashion, mm-hmm. it's an amazing tool, but not to find a doctor. So the first time you go and use all these methods, TikTok, whatever. The second time, meaning, oh, wow, this went terrible. You will see those people do what's called real homework. They dig, they scour every review, they go to the state board agencies, they go and see if you had a lawsuit, they call and reach out, DM the people that wrote things that were negative. They really do homework Uh the way you would do homework when you want to do any other thing that's important. The casualness of plastic surgery is the dangerous part. And so my practice happens to be very heavy in revisions, relatively speaking, but I don't want to get here and be like, plastic surgery is terrible, dun, dun, dun. No. No, I would say the overwhelming majority, it's great. Yeah. But we have to have like a real conversation about it and what is causing it? Why why is it? 17 year old calling my office and wanting to get their lip lift or something or like some permanent, like what is going on? Okay, what's the youngest? 
So the youngest depends on the procedure, right? Right. Like I did all three of my nieces' noses. Mm -hmm. One of them I did at 16, which okay. is in the world of rhinoplasty. Your nose is developed. You're mature enough with your parents, et cetera. I've done breast reductions in 17-year-olds. A young girl who's like, oh my God, I, I just can't even go to the gym. I can't get dressed. Of I can't buy anything. Yeah, that makes but like, sense. But if you come in here and you want like a facelift and you're 25, I'm going to kick you out of my office, right? <laughs> and so the age varies greatly on the procedure that's necessary. Right. But the problem that we're having um, is that you go on, again, I keep going back to social media because it it's such a big part of our lives, yeah, right? Yeah, tell me about that. It's not like, it's not like, oh my God, this is the first time anyone's aspired to be like someone else. Before we had social media, you had billboards, magazines, and TV. Yeah. Right? So you're watching TV. Oh my God, I want to be like Sophia Loren. That's not unusual. You I thought you were going to say Sophia Franklin. I was going to be flattered. But, yeah, well, but Sophia with an F but, is the new generational but, but Sophia going. Loren. <laughs> Um, but you had how many images? How many images did you have in a given day? As a young person, maybe you saw a billboard or two, flipped through a magazine and yeah. watched the show. So two things have changed. One is you see hundreds of thousands of images. Mm -hmm. And the second is the images aren't real. Right. So back in the day, the maximum they did was photo touch your acne. Mm. Right. I mean, like one would see a magazine or billboard and they'd airbrush it. That was the terminology back then. Okay. Right. But these were the people. Like if Sophia Loren looked like Sophia Loren, you could aspire to it. However, that is change your hair, change your makeup. But it was like, okay, that's a real person. Yes. The issue we have now is aside from the 8 billion images you see from the age of 12, you're seeing a bunch of images that don't exist. Tiny little ways, huge butts, very big breasts, absolutely no acne, perfect chin, Right. Raise up eyebrows, all those things. So, you, I mean, I've done it. Right, I've done but it before. Every, but everybody does. My nieces do it. I uh -huh. mean, that's the first time I saw this morphing thing where the waist shrinks in a video. I freaked <laughs> out. You're like, is she sick? Is she okay? And then you found out it was Photoshop. Right. Yeah, it was Photoshop. There, there's a guy that I love. His name is Eckhart Tolle. He's one of these self-help guru guys. Mm -hmm. And he said something really fascinating, which stuck to me because most of it just went in and went out. He said that happiness is the delta, that is the difference between where you are and where you think or want to be. Say that one more time. So your happiness is mm -hmm. the delta, is the difference between where you currently are in life and where you think you want or ought to be. Yes. God, I wish I was skinnier. God, I wish I were richer. God, I wish I were more famous. The greater that gap gets, the more unhappy you are with your current reality. Yeah. So because there's all these new images, like, God, I'm not tall enough. I'm not skinny enough. Oh my God, look at her nose. Oh my God, look at her lips. The more of that shit you have, the more you are unhappy. See, I think it's, less of a social media problem and more of a your problem men because you guys I think women have had to make all of their value based on their looks right that's yes. what men care about sure. one two and three are looks yes yes and then uh, you guys want us to look 26 forever for the rest of our lives when you look at a man you're like wow he's handsome mm -hmm. he's got a scar through his cheek He's bald as hell and he's got a gut. Well, how is he handsome? I don't know. He's just got charisma. He's charming. What does that mean? He's, he, he's a barista. He doesn't even have a dollar. I don't care. You talk to a guy 
and she's hot, she's attractive, she's got a great body, she's got gorgeous. Men and women will always look differently, and that's since the beginning of time. That's the way men are wired. Men are wired visually, women yes. are wired emotionally. 100%. The thing that's happened is that before women wanted to look attractive and they used reasonable methodology. My mom is a beautician cosmetologist. My mom wears heels at 80 and she, she almost breaks her ankle every time because she loves, she's of that old school girl, you know. I respect that. Like she's like, she'll go to the market, she's dolled up. Okay, I, she's old school. Yes. But she was like, and she loved that aspect. Be, having a man admire you for your elegance and beauty and- oh, It wow, feels good. It's a great quality. Mm -hmm. It's just, what's happened is that the pressure is, as you said, so much greater. The tools are now endless. And the question is, what's that line in the sand? Like, like if you got up this morning, you blow dry your hair, put on a little mascara, lipstick. I don't think anyone would argue that you're trying so hard to look good for a guy. Right. But if you got up and came to my office and I ended up rearranging your whole face at 20 something and you're beautiful, then we'd say, Wow, that's pretty extreme. So there is a line somewhere. Yes. And and how do you decipher, you know, when you have patients come in, this person is a good fit to have plastic surgery, this person should not be getting something done. My consults are super long. It's funny, the guy came to my office the other day, good looking African-American guy, super lovely. He came in, he says, I want a liquid nose job, which is like going to your neurosurgeon and saying, I want my aneurysm clipped. What does that mean? You're going and asking for a procedure. And I hate when patients do that. I'm like, don't ask me for a procedure. Okay. Tell me what bothers you. Yes, yes, yes. Don't come in and tell me the procedure. Right. So, yo, know, I don't like my nose, et cetera. And after, it took 30, 40 minutes for him, for me to explain him, he looks great. Like. And genuinely looks great. Like, I'll tell you if I think there are things that I can do. You may not agree with it, but there was nothing for him to do. And after 40 minutes of me sort of walking him through the process, he was like, high five me. He's like, you know what? This was the best money I ever spent for a consult. You can't do that in 20 minutes. You, no. you, you It takes time. So to answer your question, the first thing I do is I start asking you a bunch of random ass questions about how, your health and this. And then I can start gauging whether you're here or not. Mm -hmm. Are you, are you? mentally can, uh, on planet earth correct and okay. i'm not talking about so extreme i'm talking about you don't get eye contact you're definitely insecure mm. you are using a lot of words like perfect symmetry there are these buzzwords that make me very concerned right what if you, about if they name drop a celebrity that's also concerning mm -hmm. right so i'm listening for those cues mm -hmm. then i'll examine you i'll look first question i ask myself is there anything for me to improve not change Change means I go sideways. Improve. Improve means I move forward. So I'm not interested in taking this and making it look like that. I can, I can do anything I want. Mm -hmm. But I'm asking myself, because at the end of the day, every artist, every creative person has, has an internal conversation. Like, wow, this painting looks good. Oh my God, that rug, rug looks really nice, right? They're the ones creating it. So you have to have that dialogue internally. And I have a pretty strict one. And I'm like, I think this would look better. Now, I'm, it's my taste. Uh -huh. That person came to me because they've seen my work, so they're in line with my taste. But yeah. then I am the one that judges that. So if I don't see anything that I can improve, mm -hmm. I'll tell you, I can't help you. So you're a very good surgeon, is what you're saying. Well, I don't know about that, but I'm definitely one that's incredibly straightforward. But, but there are surgeons out there that will make sure to let you know there's something that needs to be fixed. Well, and they'll add shit on, it's right? It's the easiest, listen, 
you walked into my office, so I don't need to ask any questions. I know you have a desire. You came in. So you came in, you asked me some questions. I know for a fact there's something you're insecure about. Uh -huh. You're in my office. It can be as simple as whatever, mole. And then it's like taking candy from a kid. I can be like, you know, Sophie, you're a beautiful young mm -hmm. lady. Have you ever, like, your right eye and you're like, what, really? <laughs> and you'll go out of there going, what the fuck? No, I just I've came in and this I, experience. Came, I came in from my, and so absolutely it's easy to do. It's wrong, but it's easy to do. Right. But have you ever had a patient come in and you give them your genuine feedback and they get offended and yell at you? So I seldom, if ever, will tell you anything that you didn't ask for. So mm. I don't do that. I don't ever, I, it's not my job. You came in, you said, I'm interested in having my eyelids done. I don't go, hey, by the way, yes. You could also. But what about this jowl in your neck? Uh -huh. The reason I don't do that, and that's personal, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that it's a horrible thing. I don't do that because it's not fruitful. One, it, it's off-putting, right? You, yeah. you came in, it's like, what the fuck? I came in for my eyelids. The second is you didn't have an issue with it till I mentioned it to you. So there is no such thing as an issue. Right. It's not an issue till it bothers you. Yep. So if it didn't bother you, you didn't mention it. Mm -hmm. The only caveat to that is when people come in for their nose and they have an incredibly weak chin, I'll mention their chin in conjunction because I know that when they look at their face after the surgery, they'll still be bummed out about their nose because they didn't know their chin was weak. Other than that, I never go on to tell you, hey, you know what? You know, so yeah, I actually think this is also what you need. I, I just don't do it. It just doesn't work well. Let's talk about the nose to chin ratio thing that you were just talking about. What does that even mean? When you look at someone's face, mm -hmm. you immediately inside your brain in a fraction of a millisecond go, wow, she's pretty. Uh-huh. He's handsome. And I'm not talking about their aura and their energy and their person. I'm talking about just a picture. Yeah. So it's, it's purely visual. Mm -hmm. And what you're looking at is certain degree of features. So why is it that universally, universally, mm -hmm. Asian, black, Somalian, there are individuals that are universally considered attractive? Because as a species, mm -hmm. certain features, a combination, by the way, we're not talking about white eyelids or black lips. I'm saying certain features together, we, we don't know why, consider that attractive. All people are beautiful, but mm -hmm. I'm talking about like, wow, if you, you take a hundred people and you just show them a bunch of images. So there are things that we align to, right? And yeah. having a really weak chin is absolutely acceptable. You're amazing. You're a brilliant scientist, but you're not, it's not, you're an, not, hot. It's not an attractive quality. <laughs> but you're not hot. So when you look at someone's profile, mm -hmm. the side view, what you're looking at is the relationship of their forehead, mm -hmm. their nose, and their chin. And if you have a large nose that sticks out and a super flat forehead that rolls back and no chin, I can make you the most spectacular nose you've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And you'll still look at your profile and be like, I don't like it. Yes. So there is a relationship element. Balance. Balance. Harmony, balance, whatever you want to call it. So, so chin noses, there's no numeric, mm -hmm. right? I can, we can pull up a hundred photos of all variations of ethnicities and you'll say, wow, she's a beautiful Asian girl. Oh my God, look at this girl from Ethiopia. But you'll see some relative common measurements. Similarities. Which, no, which I don't do. It's an eyeball thing. Mm -hmm. And in general, you want to have 
a jawline that's relatively defined. I was stalking your Instagram and you do talk about the jaw. I love it because I love because I love it. I think it's an attractive quality. For men, women, men. Look for women though. Listen, so perfect example. Women come in all the time Mm -hmm. and we'll have this conversation about their jawline. And then the first thing they say is, I don't want to look masculine. The second thing they say is I don't want to look like Jay Leno. So those things are like almost automated. Okay, it doesn't matter. Okay. And then I go and grab a magazine and I'll just open it up to a random page and there'll be invariably a model. I'll cover up two thirds of their face. So it's just lip and chin and jaw. And every single photographed female that's a quote unquote a model, I'm not talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will have a masculine jaw, a masculine jaw. Look at Angelina Jolie, look at Megan Fox. Mm. Strong mandible, strong chin, projecting. Wow, so the big jaw. Everybody. Fuck a boob job, fuck the BBL, it's the jaw. If you, Well, the jaw is the butt to the face. Uh, that makes sense, the right? butt to the face. There you have it. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, wider looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes. Plus, it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out LumifyEyes.com to learn more. Would you say that you have more clientele wanting like a boob job or something with their ass? Whether it's I implants. Don't, I don't cater to the butt world. I almost never do a BBL. Do you think that's because you're a boob guy? Not at all. It's because the procedure shit. I like as a surgeon procedures that have a good outcome, uh-huh. high yield and are predictable. Like right. I want. I don't get on an NBA court and just shoot a bunch of half court shots. Well, because it's a it's a low yield procedure. Like a yield, I'm not going to yeah. make a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So I don't like BBLs for fifty million reasons. Just right, I don't either. You no. go online and you look up most deaths in plastic surgery, and it's BBL everywhere. My mom almost died on the operating table getting a BBL. Miami, 30 terrifying. Of them. Miami. Miami and Florida have the highest rate of deaths in the country for BBLs. Listen, I'm not here to badmouth the procedure. I just think it's just way out of control. In order to have this conversation, we need to get out of our mental space that everyone is beautiful. Yeah. Love yourself. That's not this conversation. So mm-hmm. get out of that space. You are beautiful. If you have, you, you literally are the most gorgeous person in the world to yourself, high five. 
Let's now move into the next arena. We're talking about this idea of there are some basic things that we consider attractive. Okay. Yeah. So fuller lips, again, mm -hmm. there's pencil lips and there's, oh my God, what did you do to yourself? I'm referring to normal fuller lips are more desirable than tiny pencil lips. Right. Flat chest on a woman is not as attractive as a fuller chest. And then there is, oh my God, what's going on? Mm -hmm. So a butt who's completely flat is generally not as attractive as one that's fuller. We haven't said how you got there. And then, and also then one that's humongous. Okay. Okay. So there is this middle ground of fullness that's attractive and it's consistent on your size, your waist, how tall you are. There's proportionality. The leg to butt ratio. 100%. 100%. So how I get fuller, a fuller butt based on my physics is you add some volume. The nicest way to add volume is through muscle mass, like workout girls, fitness, squats, deadlifts. So muscle and fat fill up your butt space. So if you can, you're able to, you want to, you're committed to it, you can fill that space through doing a thousand squats and eating chicken breasts and tuna and turkey and having a healthy lifestyle, high five. Not right. only will your butt look great, it'll be firm, it won't have a ton of cellulite, you'll love it. Mm -hmm. But that's some serious commitment that nobody in this world ever has, nobody wants a commitment, they want shortcut. Then the next way is I gotta fill it with something else. I ain't going to do no squats. Mm -hmm. So then came implants. They were around and still are. Had its benefits, had its downsides. The downsides are that it's firm, but like extra firm, not real firm. And you can't like snowboard or it's, like do It's shit. problematic, mm -hmm. right? Because it's a hard thing that you, you don't sit on your breast. You sit on your butt. Yes. So that shifted into the fat transfer craze, which we're in now. Ooh, this okay. This Brazilian butt lift is... I'm going to borrow from Paul to pay Peter. I'm going to steal all the fat from everywhere in your body and stick it in your butt. We'll have a conversation in a minute. Table that. Okay. And then the third is some other material. Mm -hmm. And that's where sculpture comes in. And sculpture is that other material because you're not going to shove an implant in and you don't have any fat because you're skinny. Uh, so I want to, so it comes this other material. Sculpture is okay. At least it's not silicone right? Yes. So we have people come to our office or call us, by the way, there's no solution. Oh my God. To I was silicone? Zero. But I heard that there are some surgeons that will do it and they have to pick out the silicone, like sand it's particles. Impossible. It's listen, I do that for lips. Cause I do a lot of lip reductions for people who got silicone injected in some random place in the world. And it, once you drop silicone in a liquid form, I'm not talking about an implant An implants built liquid, it just gets mixed into your tissue. So then you show up my office, whether it's your lip or your butt, and it's just looks terrible. Mm -hmm. Where, how, what am I going to remove? It's millions of droplets, not 14. Right. So it's just, there's no real solution for it. But there are some shady surgeons that will try. I don't know what this the deal is, but at the end of the day, in general, know that you can't remove it once it's in. It's not, it's not one of those things that can be reversed. Period. Ever. Okay. Silicone injected in liquid form in your body is there forever. Okay. What do you think about Kim K's? Obviously, when she started, she was full-figured mm -hmm. like Je Jennifer Lopez. Back in that time, people didn't like that because they liked skinny and it was a reflection of being overweight. And then it became popular. And when it became popular, it became an asset, mm -hmm. right? It was something that was flaunting. And then, like all other things, they just, they just in my opinion, went too far. Like it just got so, and you could see the paparazzi type photos. And what you said was the ass to leg ratio. So this is again, 
purely my aesthetic. My aesthetic is when your legs are of that of one woman and your butt is literally that of another woman and there's no confluence to it, to me, it's not attractive. Right. I'm not looking at your butt in isolation, like just, you're looking at you as a person. So I don't, I never found that to be attractive. But of course it was desirable because it was A, a trend, B, there's popular, and C, it allowed a huge subset of women who otherwise historically didn't like their bodies to start liking them body. Mm -hmm. That's part of the reason why it was so popular. Yeah. Right, because... Well, and they're beautiful in every other yeah, sense. Yeah, of course, of course. And yeah. no, nothing about their beauty now. We're just talking about this sort of phenomenon blowing up your this feature and so large. And then, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of it to begin with. Ever? Ever. Okay. Do you think that celebrities have a responsibility to own up to the surgeries they've 1, had? 1,000%. Really? 100 million percent. You don't have the luxury when you're a celebrity to anonymity and and and, and uh, privacy. You give that up. Mm. You, you do. The reason you give it up is you are re reaping the rewards of society's admiration for you. You get a free ticket, a free pass. You get to sit at courtside. You get all these benefits. And then you, at the same moment, have to be able to be transparent about how your life is. So if you are in massive depression because of that, that, the other, you owe it to your fan base who built you mm -hmm. to share that because then you make yourself human and they then have a sense of, wow, even Jennifer Lopez is dealing with an eating disorder. Wow, even, um, you know, whoever, Tom Cruise is having problems with hair loss. Just, you're a real dude. Mm -hmm. The interesting part is if, if I were their agent, I would promote that. Really? Because, yes, because we are a saturated society. Why is your podcast popular? Because it's real. And people are now savvy. They're sick of all the sort of fake phony. They want like legit real people. They yeah. want they want authenticity. And authenticity is, hey, I'm a real person. I got issues. Yep. I'll give you an example. You're a little girl, you're 16. So you have this huge 16-year-old fan base. And that girl is 1,000% determining her self-worth and as it would be a young man, but more so in the female population. And then they look at these supermodels that are not eating to look that way. And then they're, they're confused. Yeah. Yes. Right? And then you're, now you're a mother and now you have to explain it to your daughter. Uh-huh. My mom, she's, Giselle is so skinny and tall. And you're like, yeah, honey, but she eats cotton balls. Like, I mean, like that's how she. Yeah. Middle school, high school, I was obsessed you know, obsessed, like always feeling like you need to be skinnier. I actually had like a three month bulimic st stunt. For sure. Like I would be, I'd be, <laughs> I, I'd be shocked I, if you didn't. <laughs> it I'm laughing because it was literally, I remember being in middle school. It was this Catholic private school and me and all of my friends after lunch, go to the bathroom, go throw up together and it was chill. It was like a four month, just little and, thing and that I we did. And I guarantee you, after this episode, you're gonna have like a thousand people write, oh my God, me too. Right? Because this is not unique to you. It's unique to humanity. And everybody shares at least some common thread, whatever that thread is. Plastic surgery is a vehicle of some thread. It's some insecurity. And in, in my, at the end of it, if I, if I tell you where the dust settles, mm -hmm. I love what I do. It's fucking awesome. 
And the overwhelming majority of patients that I come in contact with leave better, much better. Yeah. I can tell you my nieces, all three of them, one more spectacular than the next, venture capital, law school, like- I love like, that. Like boss gals, you know what I mean? Top notch, fully their heads on their shoulders. They had me lose their noses. Right. I mean, what the fuck? They yeah. had them done. Oh my God, just superstars. So I love plastic surgery. I just, just got them kind of messy because they go to shitty clinics, they burn all the money they have. It doesn't solve the problem because their problem is mental, not physical. Yep. And then they go deeper into anxiety and depression and we facilitated it. Right. So uh, you, you, that's what I meant by there's that darker side to mm-hmm. it, you know, which is the case with everything. With everything, right. with um, everything. But it's our, our meaning the doctors, I mean, they, they can't have the surgery without me. Yes. Right? I'm the gatekeeper, I'm the bouncer. If you come to me and you want something done and theoretically I can do it and you have the money, then it's on you. You're an adult. You consented. Yeah. Right? I wouldn't, there's no, I'm not going to go to jail for that. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's wrong because if you come to me and you have the money and you're an adult and you consented for it, but I sense that you're not in a good place or you're not a good candidate, then I have an obligation to you to say no to you. Can you go to the next door? You can, but I didn't participate. I had a girl to come to me and I remember the story incredibly well. She came to me, she came for a breast dog, pretty straightforward. She came into my office, sat down with her, very soft-spoken, wasn't getting a lot of eye contact. Immediate problem, like immediate red flag. Like definitely something going Every time on. you say eye contact, I'm like, am I giving him eye contact you are. You're right doing now? Great job. Okay, You're okay, amazing. great. Continue. Right. So she's <laughs> she's sitting across from me, uh-huh. and I'm having a conversation with her. And I can just very quickly pick up on she's going through something, okay? Mm. Could have been a bad day. Could have gotten a fight with her husband on the way here. Could have been she got into a car accident, got fired. Doesn't have to do with plastic surgery. Anyways, I push and I usually dig and dig and dig and dig and dig. And then until I crack the surface. And then it turns out she starts crying. Long story short, she recently broke up after a very long stint with somebody. And this was her... And, and she- Revenge and, body? No, no, what, that, I'm almost okay with revenge body. That's not what I'm saying. She was, she was insecure in a really ugly place and she wanted to get this breast dog. She was a good candidate, very like physically a good candidate, mentally just terrible mm-hmm. place. I sat her down, I talked to her and I said, listen, this is a bad time. You're gonna make a bad choice. Wow. Oh, go be, hang out. I'm not going anywhere. Just go and hang out and do your thing. Just, we, we, I'm not gonna operate on you, just bottom line. Now you can go down the street and left in Beverly Hills, you don't need to go down the street. You need to go next door, okay? <laughs> but you know, you can do all that, but I, I, I think you should just, just give it a moment. And if you still are interested in doing it, high five. You're a great I, candidate. I love that. One year later, Scott is my witness on my own son's uh, life. She came back, she had gained 15 pounds because mm-hmm. she was like really skinny, yeah. right? Some people deal with Stress and stress by yeah. not eating some with gaining weight. Mm-hmm. She had in a much healthier body form, and we did a super successful, straightforward, easygoing breast augmentation, and she went on her merry way. And I think that she had done it at the time that she had wanted to. Could she have done well? Maybe, mm-hmm. but there's a high probability it would have just it wouldn't have gone well. So you're a therapist too. A hundred percent. Everybody walks into our offices and got something going on. Mm-hmm. When you walk into a plastic surgeon's office, and this is where this is where it becomes controversial. 
you have an issue or a, or an insecurity. Mm-hmm. There's the people on this side of the fence who are going to sit and be right in. Oh, but insecurities can't be fixed with surgery. You need to love yourself. You need to see a therapist. That's not the solution. And the answer is no, that is not true. Like love yourself as you are. And you're saying that's not necessarily true. 100% love yourself as you are. But if you have had four kids breastfed, each of them a year and a half are in a loving relationship. Your husband is maturing like fine wine. You have skin down to your knees. Your breasts are hanging to the ground. You want your you want to go in front of a mirror and just love yourself? Come on, that's such garbage. Amen. You can I agree. Ha- you it, now, if you do, amazing. Mm-hmm. High five to you. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but if you don't, there shouldn't be any shaming. We've gone all the way to the other side where now we're shaming people who are altering the way they look. You got up in the morning, you put on lipstick, potentially uh, lashes, you have potentially fake nails, you have color your hair, have extensions, you do all these things. No one says that you're not loving yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. So you draw the line in the sand here and somebody else then wants to add filler and then somebody else wants to do their nose. And, And so the question is who the hell decided where the line was? If don't color your hair, don't wear nails, don't put on nail polish, don't wear makeup, don't put on perfume, literally live like the Amish. Then you'll love yourself in its truest <laughs> nature. Don't even use deodorant. Right. Use your normal odor. So basically you can't be right. No, you, you're right within your own lane. Don't judge people who don't want to and don't judge people who want to. And then the responsibility falls on the doctors to make good choices for the patients. That's why they're the damn professionals. But but I think the reason people like look down upon plastic surgery is because of all the lying. What lying? The, the everyone denying. Let's say you decided you wanted to do a breast doc. Let's just make that up. Mm-hmm. You would start doing homework and then you'd see hundreds of thousands of young women who are telling their journeys, loving their bodies, talking about how wonderful they feel, how confident they feel. So no one in that space is lying and those are the real people. The Mm -hmm. only people that lie are celebrities and they always lie because that's just the nature of being in the public eye and whether or not you have courage or not. Courage is whether or not you have balls to say, hey, I'm having an eating disorder. Hey, my husband and I are fighting. Hey, I had a boob job. Hey, this is not my forehead, it's Botox. I'm gonna disagree with you. I think a lot of women lie about procedures they've had done. To each 100%. other? 100%. My mom and her friends all lie to each other. All of them. I'm not in the female space, so I can't tell you, but I can tell you that- Or I've had friends lie to me, and I'm like, bitch, I saw your ass two weeks ago. That There's no fucking way. Then that sucks, because you want to <laughs> own it. I, I have patients who come to me, for example, we want to consent you for your photo. And they're like, I don't want anyone to know. I said, well, okay, let's have a conversation about, are, there, are, you, are you ashamed? No. Mm-hmm. I said, well, then who cares what you're doing? Because mm-hmm. it, it, that kind of irks me. It's like, you're gonna do this thing, you should own it. You should own it and be like, oh my God, your nose looks beautiful. Yeah, I bought it. Right. I hated my ugly nose. My, I had my dad's Greek nose and now I have this beautiful nose and I love it mm-hmm. and I feel great. That's how I am in life. I mm-hmm. suspect that's the way you are. You own everything. But for a lot of people, they, I don't know. I don't know why they have so much shame or guilt or whatever it is. But yeah, it's still sticky. It's still sticky. It is. It is. I remember I went, this is the only time I thought about getting like serious plastic surgery was a forehead reduction. And they basically have to cut open, right? Your mm-hmm. forehead. Correct. Pull your scalp down. Correct. And stitch it. Correct. 
And I remember going and he like had a marker and he was like putting it all over my face. And he was like, you would be a great candidate. 100% let's do this. And well, do you think I've had anything done? Just glancing at you? Mm -hmm. No. Okay. So I, so I've had nothing done. Did everyone hear that? Everyone who says I've had a nose job, Alex, I'm talking to my cousin. So, so that's, it's funny. Funny thing is because my wife is also very, she was a model, blah, blah, blah. And you know, now that she's married to me, she can't go anywhere without anyone thinking that those are not her lips. Those are not her cheeks. Right. There's no way. So that, that's the only downside of plastic surgery is that if you haven't, which you, if you haven't, you don't get credit for not having it. Mm -hmm. It's assumed. Well, but nonetheless. Pe well, people think that I lie. Right? Well, About it. Fuck them. And my brand is not that. But I remember the whole forehead thing, and I've had nothing done. I plan to, but I was like, holy shit, I don't know if I can go through with cutting the only surgery, and the first surgery I do is cutting open my face. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, Listen, all the surgeries are not a big deal and are a big deal. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? They're not a big deal because we do them. I feel like the boobs are not a big deal. That's because that's okay. That's because you're, you're, number one, it's not your face. And number two, you're more accustomed to the idea of it. You've grown up as a young girl where if someone was 19 and 20 and they were flat chested, like it wouldn't be so crazy. A forehead reduction is not within your normal wheel. It's not something we just think about. But it also, I would rather get a tattoo on my tit or like underneath it than across my forehead. You mean in terms of like something going terribly wrong? Exactly. Like, yeah, well, there's exactly. no question your forehead is much more expensive real estate than your breasts. <laughs> I mean, we're talking- I mean, we're talking Manhattan. We're talking I, Manhattan. No, no, no. We're talking <laughs> all of New York, upstate, all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I do agree. The interesting thing about plastic surgery is that the tipping scale is how much it bothers you. So when well, something bothers you so much, eventually you say, well, fuck it, I'm gonna do it. It doesn't bother you so much that it's the exchange, cutting open my forehead, potentially scars there, some numbness in my scalp, oh, hell no. If you had a severer situation, mm -hmm. you'd be like, yeah, let's just do it. So there's a tipping scale, a tipping point. You follow? Yes, I follow. But it also reminded me of the patient you had who was like in a dark place. I was not in a dark place when I went to that consultation, but I gave it a year and just sat on it to 100%. think about it. And then I decided like, what the fuck? Well, that, that but that's great. I would say the majority of my patients don't just show up after like three weeks. Like we were out, I was like, you know what? I wanna do my nose. <laughs> and most people, cause we inquire, right? Most mm -hmm. people spend on average a year, if not more, thinking about it, researching it, uh, tagging some photos, going on a couple consults, talking to their girlfriends. It's usually not a quick decision. So you're right, because in fact, during that year, if you just like, nah, I don't need to do shit. Well, actually, it was like, it took like two, three years. And then I was like, it, it was one of those things. It was not so intense for me. It wasn't like that serious right. for me of an issue sure. that I'm so happy I did yeah. not no, do and it. I, and that's great because it shows you, um, you can outgrow things that at one point bother you and then they become meaningless. So you definitely want to sit with things for a while because you may find that, God, I hated my whatever. And then like a few years later, especially when you're younger, mm -hmm. right? You don't change as dramatically from 30 to 40 as you do from 20 to 30. 
the way you perceive yourself changes more dramatically from 20 to 30 than 30 to 40. Wow. So it's not that you don't go through change, but the way you, so take it for example. I would think the opposite. No, but think about it, think about it. Let's say you're 17 and then you're 27. The mind of a 17 year old in mm -hmm. terms of who I am, where I'm headed, what I'm doing with my life, who I'm gonna marry, what job I have, and that of a 27 year old are stratospheres apart. The mind of a 37 year old and a 47 year old aren't so much stratosphere apart. So when you do surgeries in a younger age, you are at least a little more vulnerable than when you do them a little later. Yes. That's what I meant by that. Okay. Now, that you, you, you follow what I'm with. saying? Like, yes. you, we're, we're changing more dramatically from 15 to 25 or right. 18 to 28. Me like mentally, mentally correct. physically, no, no, the opposite. Right. Physically, I mean, you're an all-star in your early 20s. Mm -hmm. It's the, from a pure, unadulterated physical standpoint, the ideal physical specimen man and woman is right around the 22, 23 standpoint. Cause you're mature enough. You've developed, you know, skeletally mature wise, your skin is as tight as it's going to be. It's really the peak. Hence why, you know, swimmers, athletes, you know, I was doing triathlons in my forties, early forties. And Whoa, you're older than that. I'm 49. I turned 49 last year. You week. look really good. Did you do plastic you, surgery? No, I, I, you, I have You no. don't have any? No. Okay. I would ask for my money back, but nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, in my early forties, I went and I did some triathlons and I, every goddamn race, it was a 17 year old that would win uh -huh. the whole race because they're, they're the elite athlete. They're, right. they're lean. It's just the perfect timing. So yes, from a physical standpoint, you're not changing that much and you change later, but from a mental standpoint, so, you know, it's each, it's each their own. Etsy, there truly is no better gift than the present, which is something I would normally say when I was a terrible daughter and forgot to get my mom a gift on Mother's Day or her birthday. But trust, those days are well behind me and I actually get complimented all the time on my gift giving skills. And not because I'm an adult with my priorities and shit together, but because of Etsy's gift mode. Gift mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect gift for everyone in your life and for every occasion. Like for my friend's birthday that just recently passed, I found the cutest set of wine glasses from a small business and they were even able to personalize them. So freaking cute, a win for me because I supported a small business and a win for my gift giving reputation. There really is something for everyone on Etsy from the photographer in your life to the wine enthusiast. I'm telling you, you will find something they love. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. I've got something new for y'all, and it's called Minor Figures Barista Oat. Okay, one of my non-negotiables is coffee in the morning, especially when it's cold out and I'm feeling burnout. Morning coffee gives me 
life. Like it actually is the one thing that will get me out of bed. It's soothing. It wakes me up. And because it's the one thing I consume every single day, I've recently been much more intentional about what goes in my morning cup. And I absolutely love slash am obsessed with Minor Figures Barista Oat. And not only is it delicious, but it's clean label. So the absence of stabilizers and additives offers you the ability to detect more of the coffee's natural characteristics and flavor notes. Plus, Minor Figures is 100% plant-based, love to see it, carbon neutral and B Corp certified. You can buy their products online at us.minorfigures.com. You can also discover fun games, music playlists, and explore their store locator to see where you can buy Minor Figures near you. For my listeners in Denver and New York, Minor Figures is also now available at Whole Foods Market. Okay, so you've talked about mommy makeovers. Yes. But we have this influx of all of these super young girls wanting the Kylie Jenner lip and the Bella Hadid or the Kendall Jenner Fox eye or whatever. Right. Is the majority of your clientele the mommy makeover types or the young girls? So I I have an entire spectrum and that's by design. I cater, meaning I take care of my 16-year-old niece's generation and my mom's 80-year-old generation. So each generation has a procedure or procedures that seem to be gravitating, right? In my mom's generation of 60, 70, 80-year-olds, it's facial aging and it's eyelids and things like that. Mm-hmm. My niece's generation, which is the 16 to 25-year-olds, it's noses and, and chins lips. and lips and breast dogs. My generation, 30s to 50s, it's like I've had three kids. Um, I've, you know, give breastfed. uh, So I, the reason why I love that is it creates diversity. Yeah. It keeps me enjoying it. I have a extensive training. And for me to only do noses all day long, every day. Boring. It's just boring. You lose your edge. You don't enjoy it as much. So I take care of all of them. You are absolutely right. There is this new world, right? The new world is moms were always there. Nothing's changed. Yeah. Like giving birth in the 60s is no different now. Your body didn't change. This new world, which is the Kylie Jenner, the Bella Hadid, all this has never historically ever been because usually when you're 18, the only person you're comparing yourself is the girl in your class. Yeah. Like, oh shit, look at Susie. That's it. Right. But now, as we discussed earlier, it's, it's something else. So it's really tricky how to navigate that because as i said to you when i did my niece's nose at 16 it was exponentially beneficial Mm -hmm. but let's say she came in and she's got like perfect eyebrows and she wants the bella hadid ponytail snatch thing i think there you're running into a problem so that's where i draw the ponytail hold on bella hadid ponytail snatch thing is that the fox eye thing i don't know what the fuck they call these things because they're all trademarked by the guy who did it i thought you're a plastic surgeon i can tell you the procedure i don't know who named it So the idea is that in general, again, back to what we started, which is about there are things we like, mm-hmm. downward turning eyebrows make you look sad. Mm-hmm. Upwards turning eyebrows make you look young and attractive. So 
when you raise the corner of the eyebrow, not the front of the eyebrow, like, oh my God, what's going on here? But the corner, it's desirable. Some individuals by birth, Middle Easterners in general, have arched eyebrows or thicker eyebrows that they pluck into an arch. Mm -hmm. Some ethnicities have a straighter eyebrow. It's just, just flatter. Mm -hmm. And so where the Bella Hadid and all whatever phone, ponytail, it's, it's going into the hairline inside the scalp and lifting the corner of the brow and the corner of the eye upwards. That is a that is a dial, a little bit, a little more. Wow, you look really weird. And so that ponytail cat eye thing comes from lifting the corner of the eye and brow together. That is not a new procedure. That's been a procedure for a long time. A long time. It was not done in a 22-year-old. It was done in a 60-year-old or 45-year-old or 50-year-old. So what we're doing now is applying procedures. They're not new that were once reserved or seeked by older men and women in younger people. That's the phenomenon. This, for example, lip lift. You know what a lip lift is? Yes. Okay, so couldn't be a worse thing for you to do as a young girl. Why? You're gonna get a scar right under your nose. Yep. Never goes away. Sure, you can cover it up, but it's not going anywhere. Yep. And then you're gonna look like you had a cleft lip forever. So while that might look cool, Mm -hmm. I really like that. That actually looks attractive. I'm 24, whatever. Then you're 46. The scar never goes away. The scar never goes away anywhere. The scar just fades. What about the forehead the reduction forehead ones that in I was going to do? The hairline, it's in the line of your hair, so, I, so it's not visible. This one is underneath your nose. So while it can heal really well, mm -hmm. okay, great. It was worth it. What if it doesn't heal well? It's right there, right there under your nose. What are you going to do with it? So forever you're going to conceal it. So it's, it was designed for a, a, a older person whose lip starts to droop and there's this long distance. That made sense. But now you're a 19 year old, you have a totally normal lip, but you want that looking lip. It's, a, it's stylized. People come in and say, I don't mind the way I look, but I don't like the way I look in a photo. I want you to listen to what I just said to you. Whoa. This is the most commonly <sighs> said. I say to them, but your nose looks fine. Yeah, but let me show you a photo. I, wait, wait, wait. Your reality, the reality that you, we're looking in a mirror together, you and me, you both, we both see the same thing, right? Yeah. You see that your nose isn't droopy, right? Yeah. So it, it looks good. Yeah, I know, but let me show you a photo. That's crazy. We don't live in the photo. That's, that's an insane. angle. That's a, that's, a, that's a fucking illusion. Yeah. So they are operating to look good in photos. Based off of photos. Correct. That is some shit right there. There you have it. Can't get any more wild that, than that. That's crazy. That's, that's why I'm here. And I mean, that's because the obvious thing is because all of the pictures we're seeing are photoshopped, right? For sure. But the other thing is some people are just photogenic. If you have a big head, you're photogenic. 100%. And if it's you have an a angle. little head, you're not. No, but, but a photo is, a, is, is nothing more than a, a, speck in a speck of a moment. So we'll right. take a model, she'll shoot one photo, and a split second later, she'll be mid-blink, and she'll look like a gargoyle. Yep. Like, it's just that was a good photo. Yeah. Like, you had the right lighting, your chin was up to the right a little bit, and they shot it from the right angle, and you look good. Yeah. We're not gonna chase a photo. Right. So this is the new generational challenge. So are there more 
young women or older women getting plastic surgery right now? The, the, the big move is doing procedures younger. So when a 60-year-old would get a facelift, mm-hmm. now I have 47-year-olds. Yeah. Everything is shifting downwards. We have broken this glass ceiling. There is no taboo. The numbers don't lie. We have never done as many procedures in the plastic surgery world as we have to date. COVID exploded it through the roof, which you would never have imagined. And there's no turning back. So what's happening is that it's becoming accessible to everybody. Why? Because now it's not that rich person's thing. It's cheap? It can be found cheap. Yep, on Groupon. Groupon, some mall in some <laughs> some shitty strip mall uh. in some shady ass place. It is being done by all kinds of practitioners. So let me just give you this moment here. One would assume if it's plastic surgery, it's being done by plastic surgeon, correct? I know what you're going to say because I researched you. So what am I going to tell you? There's plastic surgeons and cosmetic surgeons and they are different 100 percent. that was mind-blowing so this was this is mind-blowing to every human being that hears it at every single bar mitzvah party that i go to because they just can't (laughs) understand this what do you mean we're in america what do you mean what do you mean how is it possible so here's the concept in a eggshell if i want to do neurosurgery Mm -hmm. i need to do neurosurgery in a facility the only facility I can do neurosurgery is in a hospital. The hospital and no one else will require that I have training in neurosurgery. If I want to do plastic surgery, where do I do it? In a private office. It's done in surgery centers. Who decides gets to do it? The surgery center. Who owns a surgery center? The doctor who's doing it. So an OBGYN, the person who gave birth to you and does your pap smear, can do a tummy tuck. The, no way. The ENT who put the tubes in your ears when you were a kid can do a breast dog. The dermatologist can do a facelift. The ER doctor can do lipo. And this is not by any means, any means an exaggeration. This is fact. So there is plastic surgeons. I went to plastic surgery school. I went into six years of training. I'm board certified, blah, 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 blah. And then there's this alternative parallel universe. It's it's an exact same. And they call themselves globally cosmetic surgeons, means I am doing cosmetic surgery under this name, and I could have gotten trained in any which way sort I want to. And the next question is, well, who the hell's regulating? And the answer is no one. No one. There is no overriding watchdog with the American blah, blah, blah. No one. So, so there's no amount of schooling that you need to do to be a cosmetic surgeon. Again, the place that's determining who gets to do what is the center in which you're doing it. So when you go to a hospital, the hospital will restrict you. Where's your training? Let me see your degree. Uh, How many of these craniotomies have you done? Oh, you can't do a craniotomy in our hospital. You don't have any training. When I go to my private office, I own an office and I have a surgery center in there. That's where I do my noses and my breasts. I am the medical director. Right. So I decide who comes into my surgery center and does what cases. I give them the privileges. So if I'm an OB and I do create my own surgery center, I do liposuction. That's fucking crazy. I have to tell you, this is one of the most fucked up things in medicine that I've ever heard of. And I'll probably get canceled because, oh, well, you're being an elite. No, there's no training. No. Or the the training is really poor. 
Uh, I don't want someone cutting me open that hasn't gone to school for, I mean, how long did you have to go to school for? Like 14 years. Right. So the people listening are like, so what do I do? So the onus falls on you. You, 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 the person who's looking to have a no job, a boob job, a life section. So you go onto their websites. They all look good. They'll tell you they're board certified. And the question is, ask them in what specialty? OBGYN? Mm. Where did you, you didn't get board certified in plastic surgery because you're not a plastic surgeon. Right. You are board certified cosmetic surgeon, which means I'm board certified in ER or radiology or whatever the hell I trained in. And then I decided after a number of years that I don't really like the specialty I trained in. Boring. I'm not getting paid enough. My friend is making a shit ton of money. I'm going to open a clinic and start doing liposuction. So you have to dig and they're going to make it tricky. They're going to have great reviews and amazing before and afters and testimonials and pretty offices. Right. Everyone has that. Nobody doesn't have that. Also, the before and afters are also Photoshop. Some are, yes. Right? Correct. Which I just found that out and that is horrifying to me. It's... it's it's so illegal, I can't even tell you. But it's the real world. Well, I don't know why that is illegal, but these cosmetic surgeons doing tummy tucks, even though they did not go to school for that. Yeah, it's not illegal because currently in America, you get a medical degree, so we all go to med school or wherever we uh -huh. go, and then you need like two years only right. of basic training to then be able to do whatever the facility it's just so stupid and anyway, bottom stupid. line is you got to be careful you know what days are good for a drink the ones that end in y you know the ones that are good for a hangover none never nope but fear not boys and girls i have the ultimate game changer taste salute I've actually genuinely, honestly, have been drinking this every single day with or without tequila. And I know we've all tried to escape the agony of the next morning scaries hangover, but all of the electrolytes, powders, you name it, I've tried all of them. Taste Salute is the one that's officially changing the game because the flavors are just incredible horchata are you kidding me and I didn't even flinch thinking about what the next day would bring because I was prepared specifically with my cucumber lime and hibiscus salute which is my second favorite waiting for me bedside and the best part is it's only one gram of sugar that's it. Plus, it's vegan and gluten-free, so I don't want to hear any excuses. Here's the best part. They're sharing the love with all of my listeners. Treat yourself with 10% off your first purchase using the code SOFIA10 at checkout. That's right. Spell it out. S-O-F-I-A and the number 10 on their website, tastesalute.com. Cheers to recovery. Skims is the shit and everybody knows it. I could just stop right there, mic drop, but you know I come with receipts. Anything Skims is just so comfortable that I never, ever, ever feel the need to take it off the second I get home. It started with the underwear 
And now I am obsessed with the bras. I was team braless. I was team no bra for a very long time, but I tried their wireless form push up plunge bra recently. That bra right there was able to convert me forever because no matter what you're working with, a little push up never hurt. And unlike most push up bras, this gives you those perky, lifted, and supported breasts. Plus, the plunge part makes it so you can really show off that cleavage if you want to. And it just looks incredibly sexy and sleek. So if you haven't yet, it really is time sleuths. Shop Skims bras at skims.com. Now available in 62 sizes, 38 through 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know that I sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select my show in the drop down menu that follows. It really helps. looking at my face yes i mean i'm gonna ask you don't have fire away uh, i'm gonna tell you the truth <laughs> do it do it 100 so you talked about the jaw correct i don't want to go with the forehead thing okay it's too scary to me all right got it do i do the jaw chin filler put your hair back for me balance take, take to do hair. balance turn that way turn the other way okay look at me no there's nothing to balance. Okay, bullshit. See, you so, have to. No, no, no. Give me, your, give me your foot. No. Because we're on camera. No. You listen to my podcast. I am brutally honest. <laughs> so much so that my wife doesn't like going places with me because we were we were in an airplane one time sitting next to a lady, poor lady coming back from like New Zealand. And she asked, she's like, oh, you're a doctor. And then we talked for five minutes. She goes, do you think anything, anything done? And I'm very lovely. Um, oh, I you said, straight I, up told her I said, something. Well, I think you'd look much better if your eyelids were done. And then she's like, oh, thank you so much. And my wife looks at me, she goes, I just can't fucking, just, why would you, just tell her you look great, you'll never see this lady again. I said, but she asks me, why would I lie to her? I went to school for 14 years, babe. Give me your babe. photo, show you, 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 look, look. Just give me a moment, look. This lip and this chin, it has a good projection. There's space under your jaw. This not too much though. Not too much, not too little. I'm just showing you that when I look okay. at this, there's, what am I gonna do? Push this forward? No. Okay, so that's a side view, correct? Mm -hmm. You can have an amazing side view and a terrible front view. I have a great side view. It's, now let's look at the front. Now. Look, well, my eyes are closed. Well, that's okay. We don't care about your eyes, remember? So look, <laughs> but look, but look. Your chin is got good width, right? Mm -hmm. It's not some little tiny. Your chin is tall. Yes. And your jaw line is defined and your cheekbone is out further than your jaw so you don't you look more heart shaped than square so there's nothing to add here but what about the lopsidedness that's your one your lopsided asymmetric one side's higher anyone who chases that is going to end up in a in a ditch every single human being because this is a fact this isn't is asymmetric everyone everyone just do this study at home take your photo cut it in half and then do this take two halves take the right half and make a face out of it and the left half and make a face out of it and you'll be, you, you, there's two different people. They're not even twins. They're like maybe at best sisters. <laughs> so everyone has got 
one side lower, one side's cockeyed. You're coming out of a birthing canal and your face is squashed through a pelvis. It's never gonna be the same. That's not relevant. Yes, this is a problem, but everything else is normal. So my suggestion to you is enjoy your youth. It will not last forever. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I mean, I'm 30, so when do I start when getting you, things done? You, you, have, you, you, you get stuff done when you look at this and you're like, wow, that, that just that just doesn't look okay. good. Okay. So that, that's, but, a, that's but a personal it, thing. At some point, yes. I need to just let myself be old. No, I disagree. My mom's 82 and she refuses to do that. You'll never, let me, the, the people are divided into two categories of general people. Mm -hmm. Those that care and those that don't. Uh, so those that care, 90% of the world? No, no, there's a lot of people that don't care. And by don't care, I don't mean don't care of anything. But they're not aesthetic. Uh -huh. They're not aesthetically driven. They don't get up in the morning and like, oh God, which one of these looks really cute? Oh, I love that fashion. That There's right. certain people for whom these nuances matter. My wife loves the way she dresses. My mom loves the way she dresses, likes to put on her makeup, loves fashion. And then my sister doesn't. My sister will wear sweats and doesn't care. And I want to be like your sister. You can't. You can't change who you are. I know. So when you start out in one category, mm -hmm. it'll follow you till you're 100. So how long do I have till to, what? to be hot? Forever. Five. Forever. You're Please. hot. No, no. No, 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 no. But that's a loaded question, so I can't answer that. Lift. So when you develop, it's, it's factual stuff. When this area here starts to gel, mm -hmm. when this area starts to band, it means you have extra skin, then you are a candidate for correction. Okay. And the time to do it is when you look at yourself and be like, oh, this doesn't look good anymore. That might be 10 years down the line from when it happens or right when it happens. Okay. You follow what I'm saying? You can't have something done that isn't, doesn't need to be done and then you do it whenever it starts to bother you. That's why I don't mention to people things that are there that don't bother them. Because what's triggering it isn't that it's there. What's mm -hmm. triggering it is that it bothers me that it's there. Right. Y you see the difference? Yes. So I don't ever go, oh, you don't want to fix that skin under your neck? Yeah. You're like, uh, should I? Yeah. That's wrong what just happened. I, I don't like the marker. Why, why do you guys have to use a permanent we marker have to act like it's and like, drawn us like because a... Because it's because it makes us seem so much more like authentic. No, you know what I mean? Like, no. No, I'm just kidding. I don't use markers. First oh, you of all, don't? For, no, I don't use markers. First of all, you don't mark on a patient who's on a consult. What if she wants to go to... That, no. That's what he did to me. No, no. I use, a, I use an eyeliner that is removed with alcohol pads. And eyeliner. I only mark you... When it's, you ask me to see something. Okay. So if you're there and you're not talking, hey, I want a forehead reduction, blah, 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 Okay. Can you show me where the incision is? Sure. I'll grab my eyeliner and I'll draw the line in your hairline. You look in the mirror like, oh, that's where it is. And then I'll give you a alcohol wipe. To wipe it off. You wipe off the eyeliner and you go about your business. I don't use a marker on you when you come in for a consult now you got this thing on your face that you got to go home with no no that's that's stupid. well that happened to me well he, you shouldn't do surgery with but, but i did a lot of research and he's a good one that that doesn't mean he's not a good surgeon mm -hmm. like that just he's just brutal no that's just kind of not so smart bedside manner right like that's inconsiderate like i was going back to work but mm -hmm. thanks to you i got to go home now and wipe this off with right acetone right okay so, doctor, you are <laughs> my favorite person in the whole world. Yeah. I did not expect this type know, of conversation I with a know, surgeon. I know. That's, I, that's, I would try, that's why I flew all the way over here. I think you should just, just do podcasting. Done. Right? I'm trying to not just do podcasting, but I'm on this tour. Uh-huh. And the tour is 
um, I think that this is a huge part of our society. It's not going anywhere. Huge. The numbers tell us it's growing. Mm-hmm. So those are the facts. We're a humanity that will always care about the way we look. Yep. Cleopatra cared. You go to the Amazon. Amazon. They don't even fucking have TVs, phones. They don't know nothing. They and care. Someone's got they rings care. around their neck. One's got a hoop. Whoever's got the biggest lips. We care as humans. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to do it, let's do it right. It's like telling your, not teaching your kids about sex ed. They're going to have sex. So just tell them the facts. Yeah. So that's my mission in the next 10 years, right? I'm 50. I've been operating for 20 years. My goal or my legacy or what I hope to do is to bring educated, intelligent, transparent conversation about something that we're going to do anyways, just Mm -hmm. like you do that about sex. I do that about plastic surgery. I try to do it in a way that is hopefully hopefully inclusive of the realities. Mm -hmm. I'm not patronizing. At the same time, I'm not going to, nonsense. You care how you look. And my goal through the podcast, it has been for the last three years, is to have these conversations. The problem is that majority of the dialogue around plastic surgeries, at least from my colleagues, is self-promoting. Okay, we're about to plug you. I want to ask rapid fire questions. Fire away, I'm ready. This one is for me personally, Mm -hmm. from dating surgeons, doctors in the past, my mom as well. Do you think you're better than everybody else? No. Are you sure? 100%. Do you have a God complex? No. Zero. You ask me rapid fire questions. Do I think that, (laughs) so the answer is I don't, I don't, I don't. But do I feel um, intelligent, knowledgeable, powerful, um, special in that I can do things? Yeah, I can cut you open. Uh-huh. Do, can anybody else? Can, can you just go down the street and someone just cut you open, put you back together, and you walk away? So there is. I mean, they. I mean, they could. They'll cut you open, but they won't put you back together. That's true, right? So the the answer isn't that I feel like God. There are some really kick ass things that humans do. I watched a movie about astronauts. Like, what the fuck? I wouldn't go into a spaceship. I don't know where they're going. Right. So yes, but I don't have any sense of arrogance. About, at least to me internally but it's not even an arrogance i'm not asking that i'm asking like you must feel different than a regular human being you well, could save someone's life so there is a there is definitely a, a a specialness that comes with the profession whenever you're abutting a line you need to be conscious of that line so that line in medicine at least in surgeon right? is confidence mind uh, uh, versus arrogance the worst quality in a surgeon is indecisiveness you'd rather have an arrogant confident surgeon Mm -hmm. than an indecisive nice surgeon when it comes to surgery just like you want a badass pilot Mm -hmm. i don't care if the guy's a dick i actually don't give a shit just get me through the storm right it'd be nice if you were nice Mm -hmm. i'd like like to hang out and talk to you i don't care just get me to the other side right so but but i try to keep making sure that there's a humility associated with what we do what else yes uh most requested celebrity face it used to be like an Angela Jolie in the younger generation. It's this Bella Hadid nonsense. Because she's not real. Um, it's because if you take a look at her photos today, which I have in my phone, I have a Bella Hadid picture that I <laughs> use in my console. Oh, okay. Because there's Bella Hadid on the billboard and there's Bella Hadid 10 years after her rhinoplasty and eyelid lift. And I feel bad for all of these young girls because all of them are unhappy. Yeah. And you can see that they've been on drugs and they're thin and they're, they look sad. Yes. And so when you look at the photos that I've curated from non glamorized and patients come in like, Oh, I think, and and don't get me wrong. This is not an 
anti-Bella Hadid. It's anti-bullshit. Let's be honest about right, what we've done. Right, right, right. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we get a lot of Bella Hadid. Okay, last one. Rapid fire. Have you ever had uh, a patient offer like a sexual type of payment or something like that to get a procedure done? Yes. Really? Yes. So. What? Um, I, I mean, I, I'm, so, I need to know so, this. So, I mean, I'm sure it happens. You're in Beverly Hills. Right. They need the surgery. Right. So this was the patient. It wasn't in change of. This was after the surgery. I already did the surgery. Oh, so then why, like a, why is she offering after? It was a, it was a. I think because you did such a good job. Yeah, right. So I think what <laughs> I think what happens is that physicians play such a powerful role with patients. Yeah. So I took care of this young lady. I was single. I was not married. And well, she, it wasn't even your fault, even if you were married. No, but if I, but I didn't, but I didn't pursue it. Is what I'm trying to say. Okay. So she came to me. We did her surgery. It was a revision surgery. She was some playmatey kind of gal. Mm -hmm. um, and I did some surgery, breast surgery. She did her surgery great. Everything was just totally normal until her third follow-up. And she came to a third follow-up and just the energy was just different. <laughs> and I just walked in and, I, and, and it was like, she was all dolled up because she was outside the, and, and, and then she was just, just talking so lovely. And then she said, oh, you know, funny enough, Dr. Ramon, I had a dream about you. And I was just like, here, Ooh, this when is- when they say the dream yeah, this is line. Just, just, and it was, and she was insinuating it was something sexual or whatever. Um, she said something to the effect of like, hey, would it be possible if we got together and had some some a drink or something sometime? And I said, listen, that's I'm I'm flattered. That's so kind. I I, I just don't date any of my patients. It's mm -hmm. just just policy. So she did not like that. She didn't. Not so the the final time she came in, she brought her crew. She, oh, she, brought, she came after oh, that. Oh, because she had another. I follow the. I I have a lot of follow up. So she came for her last appointment. She brought her posse. She brought her girlfriend. Oh, like, I was gonna say she brought her boyfriend. No, her girlfriend. She was sassy as can be. You know, swaying her head, and I knew this was not gonna go well. Uh -huh. So I brought my manager, office manager. I was like, "You come in with her. I'm not going in there alone. There is no way." <laughs> well, you guys both go in with your team. Yes, it was four of us in this room. Yes, yes. It was not. It was just a follow-up okay and she had <laughs> she had asked for a labioplasty consult that is very okay right so that was her that makes and sense, so I that came makes in, sense. and i came in there and i said listen listen i i, I again i'm so flattered it's just just this is she got so pissed and she says to me she's like I, why will you not look right up? and she said to me she said i don't get this what's the big fucking deal? I just want to fuck you. It's not like I want to go out with you. <sighs> and she slammed the door and stormed out. And to this day, it's still one of those <laughs> memorable experiences that me and my office manager uh, recall. But yes, so that, that one was- That's incredible. I thought you were gonna say, she said, what, you don't want to look at my pussy? She, no, because we didn't even go there because it's just, it's just, it's all wrong. Do you believe in labiaplasty? Yeah, oh yeah. You, you think it's cool? I think that in the right patients- It's, it's dope, do you think it's- it, I think it's like phenomenale. No, I just think it's, <laughs> I just think it's incredibly liberating because uh -huh. it's a, such a intimate part of one's body that is shared in such deep intimacy that if you're insecure about it, yeah, you just can't even enjoy your intimacy. Once that area is gone, meaning the area that bothers you, you're like, 
a whole different human in the sexual arena. Which is huge, right? Plastic surgery and your sex life. I mean, Uh, the correlation. And the correlation between plastic surgery and your performance at work, your interactions with your husband and or life partner, your interaction with your children and lack of resentment for the body you sacrificed, um, your feeling powerful at the job and the work, all of those, but nothing is more powerful than intimacy and plastic surgery. Cause wow. you know, when you feel sexy or you feel handsome or you feel the shit, you turn on the lights, you're in intimacy, you have no problems. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're insecure, totally make believe you're a supermodel, but you think you're not because you know that sexuality is what's in your mind, not what actually is. And you get out there and you're insecure, buzzkill. No light, don't touch me there. Oh my God, can we do this? Turn off this. Or it, you're faking. Or and whatever, it's, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's huge because it makes you feel good about yourself. And yes. you're your best version intimately when you feel good about yourself. Yeah. So yeah, there's a big sexual component. Huge. I could definitely see that. Dr. Ron, you are incredible, amazing. I can't wait until I uh, am 35 and have to get a facelift. We'll be there, we'll be there. And you'll take care of it? For sure. Thank you so much. Where can they find you? Your podcast? So my favorite place to find me because I think you know, hopefully you're looking for information. It, you know, we cover everything in plastic surgery, by the way. It isn't just breast dogs. It's, as you can see, we cover the gamut. So it's Plastic Surgery Uncensored is our podcast. Love it. And then my name, of course, is Roddy Raban. So it's R-A-D-Y-R-A-H-B-A-N. So there's a website. And then we have, you know, a, a very modest Instagram presence that I, again, use to try to educate people as to what's possible. And it's that's, a little bit more than modest, but not in a show-offy way, in an authentic way. Yeah, and because I, th- I think, you know, the problem with, and, and I, I've always tried to dance this dance of being present on social media without being gross. At the end of the day, I'm a doctor. I'm a professional. So mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I have some colleagues that get in there and their their faces right next to their patient's breasts as they're, I <laughs> don't really, uh, so it said Dr. Dr. Roddy Raban is our uh, Instagram. And it, you know what? I'm really much enjoyed myself you're funny i appreciate that and you're entertaining i think this might be the career pivot right here maybe we can just do a new show don't you need a like a sidekick a thousand percent see look he's he's shaking his head i think i may have made the cut i (laughs) okay thank you so much for coming on you you guys know where to find me sophia with an f franklin with a y and i will talk to you next week bye bye